0: A special podcast, for a very special race, for a very special anniversary. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 445 of Motorsport 101. I am your friendly neighbourhood host, Dre Harrison, and I've been delightfully informed... by our our stats department, and by stats department, I mean Jason, um, that this is my 400th appearance on the Motorsport 101 podcast. Go me. That is terrifying that I've now done
1: 400 of these. Dre, will you turn in your school project already? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know it's like nine years overdue, but uh, do, you think it, do you think I can still get a first on this? I'm I'm not sure personally, but uh, <laughs> we'll have to see how the marking process goes. For I'm not sure Turnitin will accept a project that's uh, nine years over, but uh, it's worth a shot, right? But uh, yes, this is my 400th show. Thanks to everyone that stuck around for all these years. It's a, it's a, it's still a a genuine pleasure to be able to do this um, with the most incredibly. Talented colleagues, I can ever wish to to work for uh, and work with. It's um, it's it's a genuine honour, and uh, thank you to everyone um, that's been listening for all these years. I mean, like I said, we're coming up to nine years in October, which is wild to say the least. Um, so yeah, cheers everybody for that, and uh, once again, I get I'm in the fine companies. You can probably already tell, Cam Buckley, who is uh, he he, the the check has come through, the bribe has has been confirmed. We are doing the Le preview, so uh, Cam, how's it going over there?
1: You know, just the, the the wires connected in my head. I'm pretty sure this is like year number five that I've been here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because I first rolled around here uh, for the 2019 Le Mans special. Um, it's been fun. You know, had some good times, had some bad times. Um, had some times where I've wanted to hit RJ with a steel chair. but uh you know the experience (laughs) it it really is and uh you know of course an incredibly special occasion this time where we are on the uh 100th year since the first 24 hours of Le Mans um and special not just for uh the centenary reasons but it's the big return of big manufacturer support to the top class uh Toyota are no longer alone In fact, we've got a a bevy of manufacturers from all over the world all coming in vying for overall honors. It's going to be a fun one.
0: It is going to be a very fun one. And, um, well, what, what more can we say besides, one, this is awesome, and two... Uh, our other co-presenter, Mr. R.J. O'Connell, is actually reporting to us from Lamont itself, which is, I guess this is, this is the way of knowing that we've made it. We've actually got a journal out there covering boots it. on the ground, baby. Uh, boots on the ground, asses in seats, or in this case, bunk beds. It's R.J.
2: O'Connell. How you doing, big man? Hi. I should explain myself. Um, first of all, do I sound okay? I am you recording this from a, a house in the town of Arnage, nearby Circuit of Sarthe in Le Mans. So it's about a 10-minute drive to the circuit ah. without traffic. Um, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Mark, uh, who works at Orica, who, of course, construct every LMP2 chassis in this field. They consult with the development of the Ferrari 296 GT3, which you'll see in this race next year. Uh, they've done, They built a lot. Um, Mark and his family were nice enough to have the entire crew of DSC over to stay with us, um, which includes me staying in a grottage with two sets of bunk beds. So I'm in Beautiful. close proximity with my deputy editor, Stephen Kilby, who's been on the show before, and photographers Peter May and David Lord. I got to tell you, I have never spent so much intimate company in the, in the presence of heterosexual British men. This is this is a lot to take in, but yeah, we made it because there's because you only get to experience the 100th anniversary, the Lamas centenary, once. Mm.
0: I I also love that we've already got jokes in the chat from Jason regarding the fact that we have a very special starter for this very special race, LeBron James. That's is right. Going, is going to be starting the LeBron centenary. Um,
2: <laughs> Which is funny because uh, I heard from my host that there were down to two options LeBron
1: and French President Emmanuel Macron. <laughs> well, is Macron going to drop 40 on one foot? No. Of course not,
0: and uh, it's not like the president of the ACO has a brother that ran for president or anything. No, no. <clears throat>
1: well, I, I mean, it's not like LeBron's doing anything. I mean, he's on vacation.
0: Yeah, he's, on, yeah he, he's, he's normally playing basketball around this time, but unfortunately something came up. It was the Denver Nuggets.
1: Dude, it's uh, it's
2: crazy, though. He has the chance to do something even funnier than Tony Parker when he waved the flag for the uh, Lamar virtual in front of a green screen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, just just, just, wave the flag yeah yeah i mean it's, it's a hell of a get i mean you got arguably one of if not the most recognizable athletes in the world to start your race um that's uh pretty freaking cool but as you could probably guess by now yes we are previewing the 2023 centenary year of the 24 hours of Le Mans here on Motorsport 101, and I couldn't be in the in the company of two fun people to break this down. Uh so we'll be talking all about, as Cam said, like, and this is something given that he's been here five years now. Uh, I don't think you'd ever imagine um the, the amount of factory support that is back in this sport since then. Um it's and genuine excitement. It's, it's about sam time, it's genuine we've got some genuine excitement in the house. Um yeah, without further ado, let's quickly get get, get into the uh, housekeeper before we get started. Please you can find us real quick. We're on uh, uh, F- YouTube, Facebook, Motorsport 101, Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handle's on Twitter uh, at Dre underscore WTF1 at RJ O'Connell and at CBuckley917. Our podcast itself, Motorsport underscore 101, Instagram page, Motorsport101pod, and our website, Motorsport101.com, uh, for all of our content as ever, including... DRR reviews of uh, Monaco, not oh, Monaco, sorry, Spain, I should say. Oh, God, like that, that was a fast week. Um, the Spanish Grand Prix and IndyCars, uh, brand new Detroit Grand Prix, which we'll also be covering later on this week. Me and Cam will be back for that one, so do check that out already. And if you're in luck, so get back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101. All the details are on there. Gentlemen, should we do this? We shall.
2: Let's do it. It can't be worse than opening the fridge full of stinky cheese again.
0: <laughs> so let's open that fridge, uh, ignore the cannon bear, and let's get into the centenary year. <laughs>
1: Why would you do that again? <laughs> ah!
0: The centenary year of the 24 hours of Le Mans. Welcome to the Le Mans centenary, the biggest top-class field in 12 years. The first proper Le Mans of the hypercar era, 100 years on from the inaugural run-in. It's been sold out for months, and after Sunday's test, it seems like a sudden and unexpected balance of performance tweak has put at least four, maybe five, of the big manufacturers close together on one lap pace but one lap speed or even full stint speed only go so far in a 24-hour race where anything can happen. I mean, Cam, before we get into it real quick, because we remember every podcast is someone's first, what exactly was done to balance the books of the field here a little bit?
1: Um. Well, it was kind of unexpected for a reason in that the ACO explicitly stated that the BOP was set from the start of the season until after mm. Le Mans. They didn't do that
0: whoops Uh,
1: um and the biggest change the change that really was necessary but i don't know if i particularly agree with the way they've gone about it is well they uh they shot toyota in the knee um they're carrying an extra 37 uh kilos of ballast um ferrari got additional weight as well um porsche got a couple extra kilograms but nothing of significance as the cadillac um And it's the purpose of this is to try and bring everyone a little closer. I mean, we've had kind of a, a fairly set grid so far where you've got Toyota way out ahead of everyone, which is what you'd expect. This car has been running since 2021 and got a big upgrade this year. They're the only ones with real continuity all the way back to 2012. Um, They've been running every year at Le Mans. And, uh, they've got the car that's got the most mileage, the most time, the most refinement and a pretty damn solid set of drivers. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then you've got Ferrari who this is their first official prototype since the mid 1970s. Um, sadly the, uh, 333 SP of the nineties has been retconned from Ferrari lore. Great car. Mm. Um, And they're coming in off of the back of AF Corsa, who have been running GT Ferraris here, again, for over a decade. They know this place. They love this place. They've been very successful. And uh, kind of a who's who of both Ferrari GT drivers and, as some would call them, Formula One rejects. Um, They've shown pace thus far this year, but not much else. And then it's kind of everyone else. You've got the LMDHs with Porsche and Cadillac, who have been kind of in a second-class citizens under the regulations so far. You've got Peugeot, who, ooh, um, <laughs> more on them, them. More <laughs> on them. We'll go. We'll go in in depth each team by team. But really, it's it's been those two for Toyota, then Ferrari, then everyone else thus far. Uh, And then way behind everyone else, Glickenhaus and Van Wall, but that's kind of expected. This BOP change is really there to try and compress this grid a little bit. Now, I don't think we've seen what these cars can really do over a lap. We've had the test day. We're barely under the three minute 30s. Poll last year was a 324. Right. There's more to come from everybody. Um, But that's the purpose. That's the idea of this BOP change
0: sure so let's break down all the big name runners and riders first and foremost let's get into the i i, I think it's fair to say the favorites going into this yeah. uh hub centenary it's toyota uh, toyota um two cars as ever in the number seven lucky seven mr conweezy mike conway it's Maria Lopez and, as I like to call him on this show now, Coach K, um, the, the much more fun and exciting Coach K, uh, Kibui Kobayashi.
1: And, of course, <laughs> lap record holder at this place, with the current layout of the track and generally uh, bad fast.
2: Absolutely. And also, by the time you listen to this newest NASCAR Cup Series ringer, he'll be at Indianapolis Motor Speedway.
0: Looking forward to that. That's gonna be fun. Okay, also in the number eight car, we have uh the the un- the unifier of Japanese motorsport in many senses, Sebastian Bwemi. Uh we have that guy that was in F1 that one time, Brendan Hartley, who you all know is far better than what his F1 career ever suggested. Without and doubt. as capital letters, RJ, I'll let you introduce the last person, it's only fair given you wrote it.
2: The boy from Cure the 2017 Super GT Champion, the 2022 World Endurance Drivers Champion, the 2022 Le Mans winner on debut with the Toyota squad, Rio Hirakawa. God, that kid is so much fun to watch drive. But yeah, Toyota's won five in a row, but the naysayers will always tell you it's been against reduced competition. So Surely a win this year would silence the narratives, at least if the balance of performance nerf hasn't overcorrected. I think uh, I think operationally, like regardless of whether they've lost about a second and a half per lap or whatever they're claiming this change has done, operationally, they're still the best drilled team. They have the most continuity and they have the experience of having done it before. This is the most important Lama that Toyota has run in a long, long time, because this is the most competition that they've ever faced, and I still feel confident that they can get the job done with either one of their lineups,
1: to be frankful. Well, you'd have to hope, because if they don't win, given how the the cards are stacked, it would be cataclysmically embarrassing. Uh, As I said before, this car has been running since 2021 way longer than everyone else's. Um, No, I don't count the scg 007 um they've got really solid hands everywhere um but in those years and ever since they started their winning streak really only last year did they put together a clean le mans um i mean 2021 was a shit show with their fuel cells with, on debut with this car um and i not so much their fault as it was FIA metering equipment. Where have I heard that one before? Mm. Um, hello, twenty fourteen. Hi, uh, hi, Daniel. <laughs> they haven't. They haven't been perfect this year either. Um, they've been better than everyone else on reliability, but that's because the bar is resting somewhere, um, somewhere below the Peugeot's top speed down the Mulsanne. <laughs> uh really? I think. I think RJ kind of hit the nail on the head. I think. I'm not expecting anyone to have a clean Le Mans this year because the temperatures are so high and because we've seen everyone have uh, imperfect armor, let's say. But I do think that Toyota's operational continuity sets them apart from everyone else. They've been at this the longest out of everyone, uh, not on a brand level, but on a, you know, this team. This team has been here since 2012 in one form or another. Um. And they've also been equipped with the ability to basically just go and test and keep testing and then test some more. And so they have just way more miles on their car than everyone else. If something does go wrong, they're going to know how to fix it and fix it efficiently. Yeah, Um, They've got to be the favorites just on that continuity alone. And that's before you get to the fact that their car has been dick flattening everyone up to this point this year. Yeah. Before the BOP change. And even with that BOP change. Yeah. I, do we really think they're like fourth fastest from the test day? I don't think so.
0: I was going to say how no, significant they were, is 37 they were, kilos?
2: It's about 80 pounds. It's, uh, 80 it's pounds. enough to peg them
1: back just a little bit. It, it's enough to peg them back on pace a little bit. But then they had that pace to spare. What I'm much more curious about is that carrying an extra 80 or so pounds for 24 hours. That affects components and that's going to go for anyone who got extra weight. It's mm. going to go for Ferrari as that's well. So on pace, on continuity, Toyota are the favorites. But there are variables that everyone's going to have to deal with. You know, first you have to beat the race and then, you know, you see where you are. Maybe you win. Mm.
0: So, we think Toyota are favorites going in, likely. You know, operational excellence, you know, the experience almost certainly comes in handy. Um, we don't think the extra 80 pounds is going to be too big a factor for now, but uh, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out once uh, we Yeah. Actually get into any With, grid.
2: Without a doubt. I think uh, Toyota. You know, there's been like this whole thing of, oh, Toyota should have stepped away when everybody else did. No, it's not. It, why should they have God. to bear the burden of everybody yeah. else's mistakes? And also one other note before we move on to our Nets manufacturer, if Sebastian Buemi wins it this year, he'll be an elite company of people who won this race five times. I mean, it's a pretty good list of names. Emmanuel A. Pirro, Frank Bela Derek Bell, Jackie Itz, and Tom Christensen. It's a good club. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and he's still a year older than me. Fuck me! I am getting so <laughs> old.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, like, like it, it's not gonna be a Le Mans broadcast until we see the inside of Tom Christensen's man cave again at some point during the twenty-four hours. Because, uh yeah, that's that's a highlight of my viewing experience. Let me tell you. um <laughs> Right, let's talk about Marinello and the prancing horse. <laughs>
1: And and now, for once, we don't have to come crashing down on them, laughing at them relentlessly. No, um,
0: like, we'll, we'll save that for later when we talk about Charles Leclerc finishing in 11th. Um, so, uh, <laughs> exactly. Ferrari. Ferrari's back, as one Mauricio Averbené said all those years ago. we got two cars in the number 50, Antonio Fuoco. Remember him from the days of Formula 2? Those were fun. Um, Miguel Molina and Nicholas Dielsen. And in the 51, Alessandro Pierguini, James Collado. Yes, uh, good old Ferrari factory man, James Collado. And I love that RJ calls him a tally and Jesus in our notes. We all know that can only that can only mean one person. That's Antonio Giovinazzi, the Helmet King himself, who, has, who unfortunately has also cut his hair, which means he's going to be putting like 4-minute 30 that time because we all know all his strength was in his magnificent mane. Um, so I, I don't know what Ferrari were thinking. Putting, putting him in the 51, quite frankly. But uh, RJ says below, Ferrari had the fastest car in testing and were fast down the Moll Sand straight. Do they win their first Le Mans since 1965? Or do they haunt it?
1: Well, um, I'm in two minds about this. If nothing else, the 499p has proven fast. It's quick, over, and it looks over good. A lap. Over a lap. Race pace, less so. And I think operationally, AF Corsa are about as bulletproof as they come. Uh, Far cry from the Scuderia over in Formula One. Really, they should swap teams. Uh, They might actually (laughs) stop tripping over their own. I mean,
2: AF Corsa is run by a guy whose last name is Ferrari, but strangely enough, they're not related. No
1: relation, relation, (laughs) even though it's in the name. But uh, just a coincidence. If only he ran Lamborghinis. That would be a perfect know. conflict of interest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, their car's been, I mean, approved in uh, test day that it's a bullet down the straits. Um My bigger concern is actually on the reliability side, because we've seen this car munch through MGUs uh, in the lead up to this a couple of times. Um, I think on, on raw pace so far this year, They've been Toyota's closest challenger um but through a mix of hey, it's a brand new car, these things are going to happen and not being quite as well drilled as Toyota, they've never really been able to take the fight to them in race trim. Yeah. I don't think we're gonna see much difference on that front. I think if you're Ferrari and it's a brand new car, if you can if you can bring it home on the podium, That's great. Anything higher, that's a great first year.
2: House money. It's house money that I'm not so sure that they can't cash in on because there are encouraging signs. And one other big thing that has helped them is that, yes, they got a little bit of a BOP nerf, but it wasn't as big as the Toyota's. And remember when their cars kept suffering in the cold because they didn't have access to tire warmers because they couldn't switch on the tires. Well, tire warmers are back for this race and it will be hot during the day. But if it's, if it starts in the wet, that ought to make things very interesting and the tire warmers will come into play. They've got, they've got the people, they got the personnel to get it done and I cannot stress to you how popular a Ferrari win would be overall. Yes, they've won this class, subclasses, many, many times before in GT racing. That's all well and good, and they'll take that on any they day of the been, week.
1: They haven't been on the, in the top class in an official capacity since 1974.
2: My editor-in-chief, Graham Goodwin, was like a year... He does not have cognitive memories of the last time Ferrari has won this race outright.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 1965, and of course... Um, that was after picking a fight with Ford, and then Ford ran the entire budget of the United States down their throat. USA! USA!
0: USA!
1: It's, it's, it's not been you highlighted in, in mainstream media at all, has it? Yeah, you know, Ford Ford spent enough money to launch a few Saturn Vs at Ferrari.
2: Yeah. And, to, and, win a, for... to
1: win a dumb race.
2: Yeah, that's right. And that's why uh, people around the world love to collect Damon Cobras. Uh, I think the Ferrari four nine nine P. I think they've got as good a shot as any to to win this race on debut. I'm not betting the house on it, but I feel more encouraged. And I know Cam, you'll probably feel more encouraged about the Nets manufacturer we're talking about because it didn't look like it at first, but maybe number
1: twenty could be within reach. Oh, I guess this is the part where uh, this is the part where I narrate it. Porsche is back. Porsche is back after having been absent from this race in the top class since 2017. Thanks, Dieselgate. Thank you, Volkswagen. Um, RIP Polo RWRC. But uh, they're here with four cars, three factory, one privateer, uh, the number five car driven by Dane Cameron, Michael Christensen and Fred McAvecky. The number six car, driven by noted Nürburgring Lap 1 specialist, Kevin Estra. <laughs> Andre Lauderer, who, uh who is still hunting his first non-Audi overall here. And hunting a clean Formula E-Rice. Uh, th- that hunt will come up empty. Uh, <laughs> and noted guy who really shouldn't be allowed at the Nürburgring anymore, Lawrence Vantor. <laughs> I'm still angry over last year. I'm not going to get over it. Um, they've got a third car crewed by, uh, the IMSA boys, um, run by Felipe Nazar. Remember him in formula one. Fun times. Matthew Jaminé and the Tandy man, the Tandy man can Nick Tandy. Um, and then of course the fourth car run by Hertz and Tom Brady team. (laughs) Tom Yoda.
0: Brady, yes, that Tom Brady, NFL Hall of Famer, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Arguably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and that car run by um, Antonio Felix da Costa, Will, the lad Stevens, and just send fucking sational LMP driver, if I yee. I probably butchered that. I did butcher that. It's okay. Uh, wonderful guy. Uh, Um, Porsche didn't suck on test day.
2: No, they didn't. Uh, The pace was there, thereabouts. Every one of their cars had a chance to sign. I think only the 75 uh, had a troublesome session. They had to change out of brake brake, system components.
1: uh, Yeah. But uh, there's something just very right about uh a porsche top class prototype firing up the straights at this track and uh (laughs) they look good they said the car feels good they aren't as far off the pace as they've shown in the wec races thus far and at least in the imsa side of things this car has certainly come good the last couple races six cars leading the championship um if they didn't completely fuck up turn one with both cars, they were probably in good position at Laguna and IMSA. Whoops. Mm-hmm. So is twin number 20 within reach? Eh, eh.
2: I'll tell you, it looked a lot closer than it did after Spa. They've Because <laughs> on the WEX side, pace has been a problem. Reliability
1: has been a problem. They blacked out of the bus stop at Spa. They had a power b- steering issue. There was, there was reason for that. Yeah. Um, an external piece of debris actually hit the car's external kill switch and shut the car off. Completely. What? Well, that'll do it. <laughs> uh, that would do it. That would do it. So it wasn't actually reliability with the car. Someone just pressed the master kill switch. That's someone being the hand of God throwing a rock at it.
0: In other words, you, you, your car was put out by a unicorn. Grace. a
1: genuine <laughs> act of God. Shut
0: that
2: car off. Yeah, uh, that, that reminds me of the Indianapolis Five Hundred. What about the tire life? Have you figured out? Have you figured out how to uh, manage those rear tires? Because at times it looked tough on the wet side.
1: Uh, mm. really on both sides. I mean, again, car looked all right in the test day. But again, I, I feel like we're the better part of five seconds off the real qualifying pace. I don't know how much pace has to play into it. I know Toyota has more to play with. I know Ferrari has more to play with. Porsche too, probably. Cadillac yeah. too, probably. Uh, we'll get to them later. Um, I would be extremely happy if the Porsches just finished the race given how much of a certified clusterfuck Daytona was. uh, Thanks, X-Track. If they get a podium, I'm mission complete. I'm super happy. (laughs) If they win the race, you will never fucking hear the end of it.
2: You are going to be clear. You're going to be up to cruising altitude about thirty five thousand feet, helicoptering up in the sky.
1: It's going to be it's going to be sufferable. Um, you, you think you think you, RJ blew out your ears on the Indy five hundred podcast? We're going to need to redefine the the audio I, I, limits I, I, of I, Riverside
0: I, FM. I, I, I was going to say like you do not understand the editing that I had to go through during that Indy five hundred review. That was You're the You're going to most... need
1: to ban me from this podcast. You that, need that to was... ban me for the week. We've
0: afterwards. done four. 445 episodes at this point i don't think we've ever had anyone pop off that loudly over joseph newgarden's indy 500 win rj o'connell don't ever do that again do you understand <sighs>
2: uh, can i can i leave you with some uh some other notes uh Jane sure. cameron trying to become america's first overall winner since davy jones in 1996 also driving a porsche Andre Lauder trying to join that uh, list of elite four-time winners of this event. I'm surprised he never got it before he left the top class the first time. And Nick Tandy in the third factory Porsche is in the same garage where the number 19 Porsche 919 was sitting in 2015 when he, Earl Bamber... And some tall German guy who drives for Haas now, I guess, uh, won the race in 2015 when nobody expected to.
0: Kevin Magnussen. Um, How
1: (laughs) dare you? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, there's something about the, the other Porsche at this race in the last few years, and we haven't really mentioned it. Those three factory cars being run by a student named Roger. Roger Penske just so it's, about the only thing that Roger Penske has never won he has never won this race the last wow. real uh the last real attempt by Roger being in 1971 with a Ferrari ironically up against a just overwhelming armada of Porsches um there's there's something very ironic in that statement um <laughs> hey he won Indy this year
0: yeah, and, and, and New Garden was no favourite going into that this year. Let me tell yeah. you, New Garden was f- was twenty five to one. I, I did, did the digging on this; he was twenty five to one to win the five hundred on the day of the race itself, given he was seventeenth. And well, we know how that story ended. Me, peeing oh, and I on the <laughs>
2: Should we go to our other LMDH manufacturer, Cadillac Racing? This is split up into the two cars operated by Chip Ganassi Racing under the Cadillac Racing name. The Blue Deuce, the number two, with Earl Bamber. Hey, we just talked about him. Alex Lynn, a uh, driver of noted single seater claim, and Richard Brett Westbrook, just a gritty veteran of sports car racing across He's multiple been here categories
1: ever for Jim. G- mm.
2: The gold number three of Sebastian Bourdais, Lama Native, who has won his class but never won overall. Ranger Vanderzanda, you can sing it to the Mario Underworld theme or Casey in the Sunshine Band, it's up to you. <laughs> and of course, Pancake Fen, Fiend and Iceman Scott Ditson as your third guy. Oh, and also...
0: Yeah,
1: the Plus One happens to be Scott Dixon. (laughs) The
0: the Plus One's only only one of the greatest IndyCar drivers of all time. Okay, good.
2: (laughs) And the Plus One car is from Action Express Racing, Perennial IMSA Powerhouse, the number 311 for you fans of uh, late 90s, early 2000s rap rock, Peebo (laughs) Durrani, Alexander Sims, and Jack Aitken. Cadillacs cars weren't setting eye-opening times in the testing but they were clocking in a lot of tests they've been durable is that enough
1: it's weird to think that in our lifetime this is actually the second Cadillac Lamar program yeah only because the last one was so forgettable that it just never really came to anything and then GM killed it as the as the potential rolled up. Uh, with a new car for 2002, and then they just put a bullet in its head at the end of the year. Uh, Cadillac, they look fine. <laughs> that's really about all I can say about yeah. them. They've looked they, fine, they look fine. Um, but they're they, that. they're th- they are there. Um, I struggle to actually find a whole lot to say about them because what is there to say that? <sighs> We haven't said about them in IMSA. They're really bulletproof operationally. Mm-hmm. They are, they've got two cars piloted by just, look, again, your plus one is Scott Dixon, one of the greatest drivers of the modern era. Um, I just don't know if the car has the reliability over a distance, given what we saw in Sabring and with the Action Express car at Daytona. Um, and there is one big Achilles heel to this car that we've seen pretty much everywhere. They're just getting bulldozed down the straight by just about everyone.
2: Which is strange for a car powered by a large, naturally aspirated V8 engine, which if you oh, love those else, sounds,
1: everything else is turbocharged. Oh my God, the sound, the sound oh, yeah. this thing makes is, you know, it's,
2: it's crazy. It's not even the best sounding car in this race. And we'll get to them in a minute, but mm.
1: we'll get to them later, we'll um, yeah, it's, it's. If Cadillac are going to make a play for this race, first of all, again, for anyone in this first year of these new cars, if you get to the end of the race, that's Job well done. That's that's job number one done. You need to beat the race first. But if Cadillac is going to make a play at the at the overall, I think it's going to be part of it being in the rain because we know Cadillac's cars since they re-enter prototype racing have always been real damn solid in rain mm. and there is some predicted for Saturday mm-hmm. there is um and on hoping that this car holds together better than everything else around it as mechanically it's a little bit less complex than all the cars around it
2: yeah i think that's all they the protect-
1: those i think that's what they have to hang their hat on yeah
2: Cadillac's time in the early two thousands is defined by just ah, they're there, but they're not really present. This generation with the V Series R, I really think that there is something there, but they've got to show me more as practice develops, which I'll know about in the next coming days after we record this, and probably by the time you listen to this episode.
0: Mm. Oh, I can turn this one around quick. Don't worry about that. I got you. I got you, Chiefs. I got you. But.
1: Um... Um... <laughs> Shall we? Shall we get to oh, um, Peugeot? <laughs> Peugeot, and I like how in the in the set list there's just a man meme <laughs> with a dead Peugeot at the side of the road. It's um, very good. Just, look, just, 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 man. I will say Peugeot t- brought a whole, a trophy home today. They won something. They won their pit stop challenge in class.
2: Ooh.
1: Um. Unfortunately, I think that is just about the only hardware that they are bringing home. So, look, look, Peugeot stink. <laughs> they th- This is the race that this car is built for. The wingless wonder. Uh, you wonder how it can get around corners, and really, it barely can. Mm. Um, amazingly, in test day, they actually have the best reliability out of all the top class cars. Uh, yeah. The number 94 um, the, the, the of the Loic Duval, be like.
2: <laughs> Loic Duval, Gustavo Menezes, and Nico Muller logged the most laps in car number 94 over both sessions of the test day. The number 93 car, driven by Paul Resta, Mikel Jensen, and John Eric Verne, uh, broke down
1: during the morning session. Oh. Uh, well, that's about right. Um, look, this is... I can't even say it's that much of a far cry from the 908 program because the 908 program was kind of a shit show in its first year. But at least those cars were just eye wateringly fast. Mm. I mean, we've had we've heard some power figures now that, you know, the now that you don't need to hide power figures for historic racing cars such as the Peugeot 908. (laughs)
2: God, that Um, makes it feel old. Hang on.
1: Makes you feel old. Uh,
0: Hang on, hang on, hang on. I remember the 908 mostly as a video game fan because obviously I'm a huge Gran Turismo player and it's featured in multiple games in that series. Mm -hmm. Was the estimated figures that they were pumping out accurate, i.e., around 700
1: horsepower? Was it even Uh, more than that? Oh, honey. Oh, honey. That's the propaganda number. (laughs) Well, okay.
0: What's the real Um, number?
1: According to Richard Bradley, who you're getting you're getting a taste of the uh the traffic here in Arnage. it's, 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 it's running it out it's running it the night away outside no that's far yeah. too loud for one of those cars oh yeah I, no. I, I miss i miss the whistling diesels uh dre uh at full qualifying boost in 2010 they were making 850 horsepower huh? and they were making 1106 pound feet of torque
0: 1100 pounds of torque
1: that's, that's your diesel for you. Uh, that, that'll that'll get you where you need to go until the connecting rods fly out the side of the moon. That,
0: that's enough torque to move a small moon. Like <laughs> it's, it,
1: it just turns to a Brabus twin-turbo Mercedes and laughs. It's crazy. Uh, it's look. crazy. Back to the modern age, uh, look, their reliability was deplorable.
2: But it's be not annoyed. been good ever since they launched the car after Lama last year. And while they have reworked the inner workings of the
1: gear bots uh to they've completely torn it down. We had RJ, we had a dude like saying goodbye to his wife and kids with high Duvall. Lois Duvall was like, If this car kills me, tell my wife I love her. <laughs> Like, like the valves I had going out to sea
0: knowing he <laughs> might not return uh, like, like
1: it, and it's been just a, the quantity of reliability problems all over this car i would be flabbergasted if these two cars make the flag anything they- beyond that is a win
2: if they if they finish, it should be a, a tremendous achievement. And I can tell you from public scrutineering out in the town center, which God's crazy to think that that's many people would gather just to see cars get pushed through tech inspection, knowing that they're going to have to do this several times over. The the locals love the Peugeot is back. They've fits the livery. It's not that ugly ass gray anymore. I
1: say it's no it's longer a, in raw primer anymore. Actually, I really love the livery on it. It's very it's, cool. it's gorgeous.
2: I love and, it and. It's, I like the concept. I would love for this to do well. I just, I've talked with people inside Peugeot and they're, they're, they are, they're not counting, they're, they're really not getting ahead of themselves here. They just want to finish this race and see where everything takes you. But I have heard good things that, uh, things are looking up for them.
1: Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'll get to that in a minute when we have some downtime um <laughs> I would again I'd be flabbergasted if they make the finish if they do that's a win if they get any and, and look actually the car's not that not that slow around here
2: yeah it's not that it, slow
1: it's it, but it's that's thing it's not that slow it's not that fast either mm. um and that's before we get to the fact that again we're in the three minute 29s poll last year was a three minute 24. We've got a long way to go. Um, And this is what this car was built for, right?
2: Right. This is the the race that this
1: car was built for. Huge, smooth straights, fast sweeping corners. That's what this car is all about. Driving talent. I think they've got stupendous drivers behind the wheel. Uh, Mm -hmm. We know Jev is solid. Loic Duvall, one time uh, lap record holder in the race around this place back during Peugeot's last program um as far as the manufacturers don't be last and you'll probably be happy
2: well I can tell you they they don't have much competition to beat uh because uh well why don't you introduce uh Dre the uh the final two are privateers in the field
0: privateers well, we have Van Wall first and foremost. Yes, that Van Wall, the Floyd Van Wall Racing Team, or as RJ puts in his notes, quote, <clears throat> and I and I and I read this here politely, <clears throat> Fat Gangster's latest scam. Um, um
1: yeah, those the longtime Lamar faithful will know them behind the scenes as buy calls. Oh so, boy. Uh, You know, the yearly meme of when does the buy calls catch fire and wherever you got, and whoever gets closest on the clock gets a free ice cream because it was going to happen. You just didn't know when. Um, Oh, boy. The number four car driven by uh, not Not Jacques Villeneuve because he got fired. He got fired um, out of nowhere. (laughs) Apparently he found
0: out on social media that he'd lost his job. Um, He was given the old Joni and Palmer treatment. He wasn't even told when he was let go. Um, Which, by the way, I know it's Jack, but that's still pretty despicable. Um, That's
2: that's Colin's optics for you. Like, I I understand that the child was born, no less. Yeah. Yeah, I was ready to joke about, like, hey, endurance racing drivers, don't fuck during September. You might have to miss Le Mans. <laughs> oh,
1: God. <laughs> if you do, at least wear a condom. Oh, Instead of Jacques Villeneuve, no we've got a trio of actually some real solid drivers mm. with uh, Tom Dillman, Esteban Gutierrez.
2: No, not Gutierrez. No. That's Guerrieri, the I Argentine. Completely,
1: I completely misread that. Holy shit. <laughs> Esteban so- Gutierrez is in this race, but we'll get to him in a second. That's what I was thinking. Oh, I'm I I I'm sorry. Uh and Tristan Vautier, who was uh who was other Esteban as I will now call him because <laughs> I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. Um Gary Eri. Gary <laughs> Did I Plus get I, it right? Yes. Close enough. Okay, Gary Eri. Uh is Indy Lights rival in 2012. Uh this car has been uh turbo garbage so far. Um with catastrophic brake failure, its most recent uh, exit from a race. But at
2: least it's green, and it's got a large, naturally aspirated V8 engine.
1: Yay. Yay. Who cares? <laughs> this car sucks. Um, and they're going to be fighting for uh, the Chamber's Pot in the top class, <laughs> I think. <laughs> With Oh, boy. Uh, oh, oh, boy. It's our oh friend. Oh, God, it, he's back. It's, a,
0: it's our friend the yours. The former Fallon winner and holder of the Golden Cock, <laughs> Jim from New York, and his team of Glicken House Racing. You <sighs> love it. You, you love to see it. They're here again to make up the numbers. Uh, I, 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 where do we even start with, 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 with um, as RJ Hat Hatman's Ferrari at home? Um,
1: Hatman's <laughs> Hat Ferrari at home. You know, Hatman who will say any number of deplorable things about uh, anyone, but don't say it about him or he'll block you on Twitter. Yeah, pretty much. Um, although, really, what's that worth in the era of modern Twitter? No, not much. Um, he's got two cars. They're blue now. It's nice. Actually, well, uh, 708 actually wearing a very funky livery. Yeah, um, very colorful. Driven by Romain Dumas. Olivier Pla and Ryan Briscoe. What a team that is, by the way. I mean, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Imagine wasting that on this car. I know. Um, in the 708 car. And then the 709 car. You actually do have Esteban Gutierrez. Um, that's why it was it was the really it, it just blends together with the garbage of these two cars. Yeah. Um Frank Malio and Oh, I'm gonna butcher this
2: Nathaniel one Berton.
1: Nathaniel Berton. Um, that wasn't so hard, was it, Cam? <laughs> no. no, I, di- I, didn't, I looked at it and I'm just like, wait, is it that easy or I'm just being dumb?
0: No, no it really is that easy. Don't worry. We got you. Um, they're, they're here. They exist and they're going to be terrible.
1: Um, I would say in a battle of loathsome privateers between a scam and
2: <laughs> the fat gangster and the hat man. The fact oh lord, the
1: hat man. That could be a. That, that could be a, that, be a. TV show. That, that sounds like the most messed up spin-off
0: of Spider-Man you've ever heard, ever. <laughs>
1: like, um, what would you consider success? Finish. Well, finishing hasn't really been a problem for Glickenhaus. The car is, if nothing else, pretty reliable. A
2: reminder: they were third overall last year.
1: They were third overall <sighs> last year. Uh, basically. Oh, but they were the last runners, effectively, in class of people running or without massive delays. Mm. Um, beat the other Loadsome Privateer, I think, is the big success. Um, don't come last? <laughs> don't come last, basically. I, I think last, honestly, between these two is probably nailed on for the van wall.
0: That, that's likely. What a miserable time that is. talk about something cooler.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. France loves the copy car. Entered as this year's Garage 56 innovative car is a heavily modified NASCAR Chevrolet Camaro from Hendrick Motorsports. Yes. <coughs> that's You've just been bullied by Rick Hendrick Motorsports,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> etc. <better. laughs> Et Driven by our friend and yours, IndyCar specialist Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> yes, that Jimmy Johnson, Mike Rockenfeller, and yes, everyone's fa- everyone's third favorite Formula One driver, Jensen Button. It's, it won't fight for a class win, and it won't be scored in the final overall classification, but. Who fucking cares? It's quicker than expected. Two seconds faster than the quickest GTE car so far in early testing. How cool is this thing?
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Cam, so? they built a successor to T-Rats. <laughs>
1: they built a successor to... No, because this this car... Wasn't made illegal the next day. This car wouldn't be allowed in NASCAR. But
2: it is kind of the similar philosophy of how far can you stretch a NASCAR Cup Series car in terms of like engineering it to its breaking
1: point and sticking arrow all over it. I love it. Um, you know, we have our new big mate meme because this thing dwarfs every other car here. Big if mate, you, hilarious! And the grid photo that they took earlier today,
2: <laughs> yes. we were just like, it was it was buried back in like the fourth or fifth row, and it's just like, where's the NASCAR? Oh, just oh, look for the thing that's it's towering balls. over everything else.
1: <laughs> you know, well, apparently Valkenhorst Motorsport attempted to break back out the big mate for one last go this Uh year, as this Uh is the farewell race for the GTE class. Mm. And I have to say, ACO, you killed the man, but not the idea. (laughs) The ACO Uh, are no fun. Um, Well, they're fun to let this in. I will Uh, say. It it is fun. Um, I, (laughs) excuse me, I don't necessarily expect it to stay ahead of the GTEs. The GTE place has been very slow so far. I expect Mm. them to pick it up. Everyone in fear of a last minute BOP change the week before the race. But it's just so fucking silly and wonderful to see a NASCAR stock car. I love Again it. at Lamar because this is not the first time this has happened. 1978. This, 76. 76. God, 76, God I broke that down uh, in my previews. Dang it, RJ. Yep. 76, we had a uh, Ford. We had a Ford Torino here and a Dodge. Um, Unfortunately, due to the state of gasoline in the world in 1976, uh, the Dodge blew itself up early and the Ford, well, when you're having to do a few dozen gear changes per lap rather than a few dozen per race, it takes a toll. Oh, yeah. Um, Hopefully Hendrick has avoided the fate of the stock cars that came here in 76 because, uh, well, they've engineered this thing basically top to bottom to do the distance. And it's kind it's of got weird its own special tires and everything. Yep. Got its own tires and three real solid drivers. We forget due to his time in IndyCar, but Jimmy Johnson is one of the greatest NASCAR drivers who ever lived. Yeah. Um, Mike Rockefeller. um well this time if a GT tries to cut across him that GT is gonna fuck around and find out
2: (laughs) yeah Uh, by the way you forget that Mike Rockefeller was part of the crew that set the all-time distance record when it won in the 2010 24 hours of Le
1: Mans Mm. I didn't forget last year of the big diesel motors um and then was in that car the next year when a GT car sent him into the shadow realm
2: and you know who that driven car was car was driven by the man responsible for the nascar charter
1: system thank you rob kaufman fuck you rob kaufman um (laughs) and jensen button who actually has run here before uh back with the br1 squad a couple years ago oh yeah and uh
2: who were they sponsored
1: by couldn't tell you (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) world events tm <clears throat> um I really hope this car sticks the landing. Of course it's been it's so different to everything else it's been very popular uh with everyone at the track. I hope this car finishes very much so.
2: I do too. Like this thing is incredible. Like Jensen Button said this, you think the Cadillac sounds awesome? This thing, that'll wake your neighbors, man. <laughs> it, it, it was physically tiring him just from the sound he had to get new earplugs.
1: It's it's so much fun. But, yeah, and and they're doing remember, the NASCAR, NASCAR pit stops too. Because yeah. remember a NASCAR motor. Um a NASCAR engine is a five point eight liter naturally aspirated pushrod engine built to the same standards as a Formula One engine with that same level of technological push in every aspect of it. These things rev to the moon, and they make a lot of noise. Can't wait. For me, this is what motorsport's all about, pushing
0: the boundary, seeing what you can do with the technology around you. And I'm I'm delighted that the ACO lets innovative vehicles take part um as a showcase um, it reminds me of, of esteril 2006 in moto gp when ilmore rolled up with what would become the prototypes um for moto gp and just seeing it out there and it, it, it was an open garage anybody could walk in they could ask questions you could look under the hood i love that about motorsport and i i, I love this entire project um I, I hope I hope it finishes, I hope it finishes well, um, and it's just another great showcase of what makes Le Mans so special. Love it. I,
2: I can't wait. They've had to put a barn door wing on it, but I cannot wait to see this thing drop the hammer down Molzon.
1: <laughs> this thing's carrying so, it's actually not all that fast down the Molzon because it's carrying so many spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what it's actually killing everyone is like, on traction events, because it's so heavy, mm. and because it's got so much power for the first half of the straight, it's cooking the gt cars that is crazy
2: uh there's a lot of stuff to get into um in this race um there's two whole other classes there's
1: a new safety car procedure where okay actually i'd love to get into that right now because Mm, since 2010 i believe it's been there's been a a three safety car rule at le and because you are not allowed to catch the next safety car queue, you actually have to wait for the next one to pick you up. If you pit at the wrong time and a yellow comes out, it destroys your race. Yeah. That's what it. You, you I You lose I don't a minute like to a minute and a half. No fault of your own. And th- there's nothing you can do about it. Because, I, I mean, there is one cardinal rule about this race stay out of the pits. Yeah. Fuel, tires, fuel, tires, all the way through the race. Stay out of the pits. If you get held for another minute and a half in the pits, procedurally, there's nothing you can do. They fixed that for this year, where yeah. now um, they're going to try and bring the entire field up into one massive safety car queue at the end of a safety car um, by adding in merging, wave arounds, and dropbacks into the existing safety car system there is a downside to this it does take about a half hour to get a 60 plus car grid all together from three groups into one in an organized fashion but i'd much rather take that than watch a intriguing battle like we had a couple years ago in gt basically get blown up because a car decided to go for an undercut
0: yeah, it's 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 nasty. I don't think it's I mean, I know motorsport, generally speaking, isn't fair, but mm-hmm. it, it can be fairer than than what than what's come before it. Yeah, certainly. And uh, I think I think this is absolutely the right move.
2: And and also to that yeah. end, you know, it's very rare for a safety car to come out. Lamar, they will typically deal with it. some mild to moderate incidents with slow zones anyway, where they put. One section of the track under full course yellow, Uh, and also like yeah, it's thirty minutes. That's one forty eighth of a twenty four hour race. You've got time. If if it doesn't mean if it means that we actually have subclass battles that have juice by the end of it, I'm okay with it.
0: Absolutely, like it's it's a twenty four hour race. We expect tons of yellow. We expect slow zones. We expect to be big pauses in the action. I'd much rather you take. 15 20 minutes longer to get a race going again under green in a 24 hour endurance race and everybody has as good a chance as possible of being able to win rather than just chance screwing somebody over like that i'd I'd much rather take the time i mean that's the whole point it's time take the Mm -hmm. time and let's let's balance the books as best as we can um rather than have it be decided off them by timing which i think is nonsense so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all for it
2: yeah um a lot of other stuff in this i mean corvette racing you know they've been a singular factory team for so many years and this is it this is their last, last ride the before corvette racing becomes audi sport customer support and all that stuff uh, lots of LMP2 teams with ties to future hypercar brands, awesome drivers. You have five women trying to win their class for the first time in 48 years. I don't think we got time to get into all of it uh, because my time is very limited, because I'm sure a lot of people want to get back into the grottage. Yes. <laughs> because t- so who wins?
1: Oh, uh, you go first. <laughs> Me, um, the, the self proclaimed sports car newbie. Even spo- though at this point you've actually watched more sports cars than a lot of so called sports car fans.
0: I know it's like like you, you guys are, 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 have annoyingly corrupted me into the world of endurance racing, and like I look, for what it's worth, I've thoroughly enjoyed the experience, um, and it's been and it's still there's still like I am still a newbie. There is still so much for me to learn about. The, mm-hmm. the very nature of this, but for those who uh, aren't
1: in our Discord, we actually introduced them to the Lamar movie a couple weeks ago. Which, if you haven't seen it and you like oh, cars, well, not much yeah. story in there, but the cars are just tremendous. No
0: story is like nobody watches like the Fast and Furious movies for an adequate plot.
1: I mean, I guess, like, Fast and Furious movies have a plot these days. I'm pretty sure it's just Tom Toretto catching cars on the roof of another car. It's all about family. It's all
0: about family. I just Mm. smelt $10 million. Um, Anyway, no, I was going to say, for me, and I'm speaking from the heart, they're the team I grew up with. I want a Ferrari win. I want a Mm. Ferrari overall win. And I've just got a feeling it would all come together for the number 51. Mm. Peguini, Collado... Gio. I'll be—I'll be so happy for Geo, given his F1 career never quite worked out how it should. It was a talented driver. I ain't no mistake. And like, they, they, they get both Ferrari team. I'll be happy with either Ferrari. I've just give me give me a Ferrari win, but I'm thinking 51. Give I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pin my I'll my i I'd to the say mask. that's
1: the right pick.
0: I I think the 51 Ferrari. Just that—that's me. What do you reckon, Cam?
1: My endurance racing brain tells me seven, tells me, tells me actually it tells me eight because the seven Toyota always has a cartoon anvil fall on it every <laughs> fucking year. Even though I, I would I would be over the moon with another coach K win. But my heart. There's just something right about it going up these straights on this hallowed ground which one give me for the 75th birthday give me number 75 and the imsa boys and the tandy man
0: the tandy man the tandy man can
1: because he races it with love and makes the race feel good (laughs) i know i'm wrong and that's okay this is this is an entirely subjective pick objective pick it would be number eight but subjective, my pick seventy five. This is a
0: this is the twenty
1: four hours in its hundredth year. Fuck yep. the endurance
0: racing brain. Go with your heart, damn it. Uh, like, I, RJ, I, that's I, right. And, I really and
1: again, if Porsche rolls up with number twenty, you're gonna have to ban me from the show for at least a month. <laughs> well, Big for him. me,
2: for me, uh, my endurance racing heart feels that. call me call me bias call me what you will but this is not the same toyota that threw away victory at every opportunity this is a much different toyota team they are the benchmark and for me i think for my conway jose maria lopez who has never caught a damn break from us mm. and for kamui kobayashi <laughs> a second lamar win would really cement their legacy they already have two world titles but i'm sure they want to catch up to whammy's accomplishments i think the toyota 7 wins Le
1: Lama. this is the same as the other you know the other leg of the triple crown that we devote so much time to on this show mm. this race is what you're here for absolutely endurance racing championships those are all well and good Lama is a piece Le of the one. triple crown for a reason um In my opinion, when it's good, it's the greatest race in the world. Yeah. Um, If I were to pick my favorite ever race from any category. It would be a toss up between two races in 2015. I know Dre knows the other one, but the other one would be the 2015 edition of this race. It's an incredible Um, race. Even, I, even and, I know that. And, and one day we'll all sit down and watch <laughs> the two endurance racing titans just beat each other with increasingly large chairs. But um, while I don't necessarily love how the ACO went about the BOP change, given they said one thing and then did quite another, I hope, if nothing else, we get a good race in the top class.
2: This race has been hyped for so long. I want it to deliver. I want to believe that after a rough period for the World Endurance Championships top class, that we're finally back in another golden age.
0: Let's hope the very best. We wish everybody a safe and in, and plentiful race. May they all get back safely. We all know this is also one of the most dangerous races in the world. Let, let, let's never um, forget that too. I mean, and,
1: and this year of course. I know RJ's seen it in person, but the 10th anniversary of the last passing we had at Lamar with Alan Simonson at the start of mm. the 2013 race. So, to echo what Troy said, mm. um, this track is one of those giants. It will reach out and touch you if you're not careful. I hope everyone comes back safe. Indeed. Indeed. And, uh, that was our
0: preview for the greatest, for me, the greatest race of them all, the 24 hours of Le Mans. Uh, you could catch it you know, all over the internet. Um, i think for us Brits, it'll be all over Eurosport. They have an incredible team. I've, I've actually heard of uh, our friend and yours from F1, Alex Jakes will be fronting that coverage, um, and he's—I think—he's the best commentator in the world right now for um, for, for motorsports. So delighted for that. So yeah. c- catch it on, on British Eurosport over here. It's—they they have all twenty-four hours live dedicated coverage across their two channels. So if you're in the UK like me, please watch along. Support support Le Mans. It's a, it's a it's a fantastic exhibition. Support
2: so what I'm doing over at DailySportsCar.com and Racer.com is great.
0: Absolutely, please buy back our
1: if stay, can. Up, stay up for all 24 hours for me because I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to be working ah. uh, the afternoon of the Saturday. But the Sunday I have off, I'll be able to watch the finish. We've
0: got a weekend off from, from the, from the confines of WTF one. So they're going to let, I, I'll, I'll be cooking on the discord. Um, we have, um, you know, for, for that all, all weekend long. I, I really am genuinely looking forward to this and having no one uh, in the actual journalism world bother me for a weekend. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, RJ, have a fantastic time, my friend over there. Um, enjoy it, savor it. Um, and, uh, report back with your findings next week um we have a lot of motorsport to get through this week as well we'll be talking about the spanish grand prix uh, as well next time out with me and cam we'll be there for that and for um indycar uh, there's a recurring theme beatings beatings be the order of the day um across last sunday max verstappen dominating the spanish grand prix with a grand slam victory 24 second win and i will saved it I, I was i was gonna save this fact for the for the, the actual episode but i say it now max verstappen has now led the last 155 consecutive laps in f1 at the moment is that good <laughs> you
1: know i think i think the solution uh if you haven't seen the video it's very wholesome which wholesome content with max is quite rare mm. um you know, we should just have, uh, we should just have Penelope slamming a stuffed animal into his face midway through a race in an actual event, rather yeah. than just his sim racing endeavors.
0: Just, just, just to balance the books a little bit, because it's getting a bit overpowered at the moment. Quite frankly, it's uh, this dominance you know, hits different. The, the RB
1: nineteen <laughs> is so powerful it infected Apple's keynote on- <laughs> yesterday. <laughs>
0: oh that's a thing and of course we'll have indy cars brand new chevrolet detroit grand prix which was won by a honda um isn't that wonderful and alex polo um jesus fucking christ alex polo is on fire
2: maybe Um, the most tense uh domination of a
1: race if you really think about it yeah. Well, given that we kept having cautions because the rest of the field decided to drive like a bunch of clown asses.
0: Yeah, we had we had five restarts in that race, and Alex Polo survived four of them to still lead seventy-four laps and win. Um, Alex Polo is on fucking fire at the moment. He he, he, he is. Renus
1: VK is still dead to me because <laughs> it it it, it should have been better than this. We'll talk all about of that him. and more. Yeah. All that and
0: more in the next two episodes over the next week or so on Motorsport 101. Do check them out. Me and Cam will be able to break all that down over the next time. Like I said, Audrey, have a great time out there. Support him at Daily Sports Car, support him at racer.com um, and have a fucking good one, big man. And say hi to the rest of the team over there for us as awesome. well. And uh, th- th- p- pass on our thanks for freeing up the bunk beds. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a very wholesome and tender heterosexual time.
1: Uh- <laughs> What's better
2: than this? Guys being dudes. Guys Beard being
0: dudes talking cars. Um, and one more time, thank you to everyone who's been listening. 400 appearances on this podcast is uh, quite frankly ridiculous. And I'm so glad that so many of you uh, are still listening in. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to put this together every week. And uh, long may it continue. Here's to the next 400. Until next time, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell and Cam Buckley. That's something we'll get back for the centenary. Of the twenty-four hours of the month. Thanks for watching. Sign out.
2: Au revoir.
1: Fate of the universe on the line. Give me Nick Tandy. <laughs>